0: We're in a new month. I haven't drank since
1: January 5th, so I'm drinking water. (laughs) And it's February 1st. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Like you're, we went out to the bar the other night and she drank water all night long. I'm so, so proud of her. Yes, I did. She's doing great things. I'm
0: paid two more months. Yep. February 2nd month.
1: February is February. Month. Yeah, it is a short month. What are you drinking today, Amanda? Well, I am currently on the road headed to Arizona, so I have what is this? Peace uh, tea. mango green tea from Peace Tea today because it's delicious and road trip worthy. Peace teas are pretty good. They're pretty Boys good. Like They're not them. too sweet, which is what I like. I don't like the super sweet stuff, so I know, like, Arizona is a lot sweeter than the peace tea. So, we usually try to, try to lean that direction.
0: And the water's the best. <laughs> High quality H2O. That's right. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka.
1: We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member is easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Deep South Creations' Brandon Prince.
0: Brandon served in the United States Marine Corps from 2003 to 2011 in aviation operations. How are you doing today, Brandon, and what are you
1: drinking?
2: I'm doing good. Drinking Four Brothers Mead, Maple Mead, y- Yggra-Seal I like think I said, that right.
0: I feel like that's something that Amanda would like. What is it? It's
2: Maple? Ridiculous. Maple, yeah. They've got a chocolate one coming out this month.
1: Ooh, I would probably so that, like those
0: Did you hear about them from Justin with VRV, or did you know about them before?
2: We both joined the VRV around the same time. I think I joined like a couple of weeks after Four Brothers made it, So I, I've known them. Pretty much from the beginning. I mean, I've got to see them grow and become well, what they are now. Uh, it was pretty cool to watch.
0: That is it. Well, not, and now you can watch us grow, too, as a podcast, since we're relatively new. I mean, we just started in September, so.
1: so. Yeah, we're baby podcasters and not yeah. professional by any means.
0: <laughs> Obviously, you're driving down the road.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of the city and then I'll stop finish the interview mm-hmm. it'll be fine we're, we're not better as if we don't live life on the edge a little bit that's
2: true we would like to give a huge thanks to rafa 180 rafa 180 offers pure medicinal cbd and products made locally they walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person you can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website, www.Rafa180.com, or email at RafaCBD at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters.
1: All right, Brandon, so where are you from and how did your story start? from
2: South Carolina. The abridged version... <laughs> I was in 10th grade when 9-11 happened. So I got to watch all of that in school. And after that, I kept feeling a a call to join the military. I had gone up and talked to both the Air Force and the Navy recruiter. My mom worked at the school at the time and I had gone home, my 11th grade year, I'd gone home to get my dad's paycheck for him, bring it back so she could put it in the bank. As I was walking into the school, there was a Marine Corps recruiter talking to a guy that I knew there. He's like, Hey, man, you, do, you want to join the Marines? And I was like, No. And I kept walking. And he said, Why? You a pussy? And I turned around and walked back. And four hours later, I was signing the paperwork to join the Marine Corps. He, he bam-
0: <laughs> That's kind of like with me With if somebody tells me I can't do something,
2: yep. I'm going to do me. it. That's me. And-
0: mm-hmm.
2: I guess they teach them that at recruiter school or something. I don't know, but
0: <laughs> they probably yeah. know they, who knows what they teach the, the Marine Corps recruiters.
1: Yeah,
0: but probably not what they teach the Air Force
1: recruiters. Nope. nope. <laughs> the Air, so the Air recruiters Force recruiters are taught how to
0: increase their golf game, right? <laughs> and always be gone at most opportune times to get people to join.
2: Oh yeah, they're never there.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. We've had a couple people who have joined uh, different branches because the Air Force recruiter was not in the office when they went to go talk to them. Great. So, it sucks to be you, Air Force. Brandon, you told us why you joined the Marine Corps. What led you to aviation operations?
2: The Marine Corps gave it to me. I went in open contract (laughs) and was not put in infantry (laughs) somehow.
0: So that recruiter, like, really fucked with your head. He, like, all he had to do, he didn't even have to give you a job. He just had to call you a pussy.
2: I <laughs> found out in boot camp that I was going aviation operations, and I had no fucking clue what that was until I got to the MOS school, and I was like, oh, this is a lot of typing. What the hell? And then what they taught me in school didn't even, wasn't even my job when I got to the fleet. So, Oh, of course was, not. Yeah, that's the Marine Corps for you.
1: <laughs> Sounds like standard operating procedures there. Yeah.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So Brandon, what duty stations did you have and did you have a favorite one?
2: My first four years I was in Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. And my oh, last the four struggle. years. <laughs> yeah, I know about the... Kaneohe. I loved it. It's a beautiful place. And then yeah. my wife and I got married and I told her she could pick anywhere in the world because I got out and I guess we'll go into that when we go into the transitioning out thing. But I got out for my first four years and then had to go back in because the economy was down. And I told her she could pick anywhere and she picked Beaufort, South Carolina.
1: I didn't know. Was
2: there or what led her to pick Beaufort, South Carolina? It was three hours from where we're at right now so we could go home on weekends and which uh, i guess is kind of good we she did because we moved in and 13 days later the marine corps sent me to europe yuma arizona for three months she was pregnant our house wasn't unpacked she didn't know where the naval hospital was so it kind of worked out that we were close to home
0: where was your boot camp paris island Okay, so have you spent any time on the
1: West Coast?
2: Uh, Hawaii. I, I mean, I've been to U Arizona for three months. I went to 29 Palms. Uh, I've been to San Diego a couple of times.
0: So do you prefer the East Coast or the West Coast? East Coast. Oh, you didn't even skip a beat. No. We're sorry that you didn't All get to. Right. It- the greatness of the west
2: coast well i did my best friend when i was in hawaii was from he's from redding california so northern cali and -hmm. we went out for air crew swim qual we were there for a week and we only had to swim for two days we had three days we could do anything we wanted that dude drugged me all over california and i was like "Nah, I'm, i'm good the people out there People think people in the South drive crazy. People in California will stop in the middle of the freeway and shoot across four lanes because they miss their... I mean, he jumped yes, they will. Off, yeah, he jumped the on-ramp one time to get off. I was like, dude.
0: Well, you're you're one of like three people that have liked the East Coast. That, that's okay. I guess you'll be... Uh, we'll let him have the East Coast.
1: Yeah.
0: It's all yours. You're, you're one of three, so people will know... We'll know your episode when it comes out because there's only a couple of you.
2: Yeah. I mean, anywhere but California, probably. I just didn't really like California.
1: A special kind of place.
2: Yeah.
0: Special. And then you had 29 Palms, which is terrible. Yeah,
1: you can't really judge your West Coast experience by Yuma
2: or 29 Palms. No, no. I didn't. Well, Yuma wasn't bad. 29 Palms is like Dale, yes. I believe I, that's that's what it's I don't know if
0: there's a there's a TikTok or uh YouTube there's something that says maybe we've talked about it on the hangouts I don't know but like if someone liked 29 Palms there's something psychologically wrong with them
1: Definitely. But we talked about that in one of our hangouts
0: we did talk about it maybe it was last Sunday yeah
1: yeah, I think it was our, our newest post for Article 15 that said that if he found anyone that liked 29 moms, he would buy them a beer. Yeah. And then he would promptly take them to the local psych facility. Yes. That's a story for another day.
3: Schwartz-Davidson Law is a Texas-based, veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game, and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money worse credit equals worse rates and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt so what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake what happens when they refuse to fix it that's when it's time to lawyer up with Swartz davidson law call the folks who started in credit restoration got a law degree and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us.
1: Speaking
3: of stories, Brandon, do you have a great active
2: duty story you can tell us today? I do. <laughs> um, when I was stationed in Hawaii, I believe we had just gotten me and there were three or four other guys that got there around the same time. They were maintenance and I was operations, but, you know, you I had the buddy I talked about from California. There was a guy from Chicago and another guy that was from washington the state and we just kind of and became a good group of friends and we were sent from hawaii we were going to korea for a month for some exercise or whatever so we broke down the two well i say we them, not me they broke down the two 53 helicopters that we had and put them in into the body of a C-5, and the Air Force was transporting us to Korea. We stopped in Guam, and it was supposed to be for one night. Well, we got there. They checked us into the hotel, and the gunny said, you know, you just need to be back out here at 0600 formation so we can get on the plane and leave. We're like, all right. We go down the main strip in Guam, and we find an arcade where you can pay $20, play all the video games you want and they give you this massive pitcher of beer at the end. And I, I realize I'm admitting to drinking underage, but, um, it happens, I guess. So we played video games and got shit faced and I look over and my buddy <laughs> is getting pretty touchy feely with this girl and we're, in the same hotel room. He leaves, we close the bar down, stumble up, you know, the mile to the hotel. There's seven or eight Marines coming down the hallway, drunk as shit, trying to be quiet. So we're falling over each other. I put the key in, the door opens up, we all fall in and look up, and he has his testicles in his hands, and he says, look at these shits, man. And they're about the size of coconuts in solid black. <laughs> we're like, what the hell is wrong with you? you no, know, I think I think you got blue balls, dude. You need to go in the bathroom and take care of that or something. He's like, no, I just I just did. Apparently he they were going at it, and the girl smacked him and told him to be a man, and he missed where he missed his intended target and broke his Frankenweenie. Um, <laughs> did not know it was possible at the time I had never Ow. yeah
1: so they took him to the hospital
2: we go with him As we went and got the corpsman and the corpsman comes in and he's like dude that's not normal there's something wrong with you so we take him to the emergency room in Guam and he sits down in the, the waiting area and he pulls him up to where we're like sitting on top of his legs and there's a Guam guy sitting beside him he's like Bob the guy's like, Yeah, you know, and I'm trying not to say his name because I mean I don't know if he wants me to name names. But anyhow, he had broken it, so they had to cut him open and drain the blood out. And
1: that's not the best part.
2: They brought him <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> the best part. <laughs> he gets released. The Air Force, of course, the C5 broke down, so we were stuck in Guam for a couple of days, because the per diem is high there. Of course. Air Force boards, they know how to rig the system. Yes. Uh, so he comes back in the hotel room the next day, and he's we're like, dude, are you all right? You know, he's walking, ginger. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, I just just can't get aroused for like three or four weeks. And we're like, how in the hell are you going to manage that? You know, I mean, we're young, testosterone-filled guys, you know, the wind blows the wrong way and it wakes up and he pulls a rock out of his pocket and he says, anytime they, they say, if it starts feeling that way, you sniff the rock and it kills it. And we're like, ain't no way. (laughs) So we ordered some explicit video in the hotel room and we're like, Hey, me the rock and it killed it. We're like, holy shit. So we made a shirt with his picture on because they had to send him back to Hawaii. He obviously couldn't go on to <laughs> Korea. It would have been bad if he did. Um, so we made a shirt with his face on it that said swollen, broken, and bruised, but still finished the job. <laughs> he he had no fit. Wow. Like he could clamp 10 pound vice grips or five pound vice grips, whatever they use for aircraft. He would clamp it to it and, Walk around, <laughs> no feeling. So we're like, dude, you're never gonna have kids or anything. He did, but that's my. He
0: needs to. He needs to come on the show so we can say, "Hey, broke dick, how you doing?" <laughs>
2: that's a whole new meaning to it. <laughs> that's that
0: baby's heart. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Great, man, they have the best stories. They really do. Uh,
2: I'm telling you. Blame
0: it on the Air Force, though. I mean, y'all wouldn't have been going now if you were only going to be there for the night. Yeah, it
2: would have still gone
1: out. We
2: got, we got punished the next morning though, because we were up doing all of that, and we had a very motivated gunny at the time. And this dude took us on like a seven-mile run through the city of Guam. Just there's Marines going off to the side, puking, getting back in formation. These people in Guam are like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Amazing.
0: That is a fabulous story. Is that shirt is that shirt copyrighted? Because we might need to borrow it for our shirt. <laughs>
1: yeah. Is there a trademark?
2: No, probably not. We were junior Marines at the time, so we didn't put much thought into it.
1: Perfect. That's that's what we like to work with. All of our good t-shirt ideas come from Marines too. Hey, that's true. We, we, like, Except I for the Leprechaun. After yeah, that was pretty good too. I think after this podcast experience, though, definitely the Marines are the funnest branch of the service.
0: I concur, but you know something? We kind of knew that.
1: Already know that. Already, but now it's just it's documented. True. Yeah. Absolutely. Forever. Brandon. Eventually, though, after all the shenanigans are done, you have to get out of the service and become a veteran. How was your transition from being a service member to being a veteran?
2: Absolutely horrible on both occasions. Like I hinted to earlier, my first four years after that, I got out and came home. This was in 2006, around December, I believe. And that's right around the time the economy started tanking. My plan was to get out and go to college. So for the first two or three weeks, I worked at a gas station, third shift pressure washing a parking lot. I tried to start school and couldn't really I don't think it was I don't think I was mature enough at the time, but at the same time I just didn't really fit in with a lot of the college kids there. So that lasted about two weeks. And then I worked eight or nine jobs in five months. I'd work until they would let me go because they couldn't they couldn't hire you on at the time. I mean I I worked at a a box factory. I, a loan company just anything i could do and when my wife and i were getting married i told her i said you know we're gonna make it i gotta go back in i actually went and i tried to change my job in the marine corps and they wouldn't let me they said no you know you're in e4 we're not going to retrain you into another job Talked to the army which the first thing i did was try to talk to the air force and they were like "Nah, dude if you're not one of three jobs we're not taking you're you're damaged goods so i ended up going back in i I mean i volunteered and over the course of those four years i kept trying to change my job i volunteered to go eod uav anything to try to get out of my job and they wouldn't let me so to get out and i thought i was smart and the tip, the set tax class, I didn't Hawaii why didn't teach me anything. They didn't go over resumes, they didn't do anything at all. When I was in Beaufort ready to get out, I thought I was smart and I sent out job applications about a year before I got out, probably two, 300 of them, maybe. And the only place that ever called me back was the local police department, so. I got out of the Marines and became a police officer for a couple of years. But it's rough getting out. I mean, I had had a college degree at the time and couldn't get a job. I've got two now and still can't get hired on by anyone around here. That's kind of why I started Deep South.
0: Lack of preparation the military gives you when you're getting out has been discussed several times on the podcast with all of our guests. I don't think a, I think we've had one, I don't want to say single because we've talked to several people, several veterans. I think we've only had one, maybe two people who appreciated TAPS class. Yeah. I it was a joke to me I mean it didn't do shit for me I got out and I ended up going to school and then I got pregnant I got pregnant after I got out of the military and TAPS class doesn't teach you that either
1: <laughs>
0: they don't teach you I mean they don't teach you shit for anything except I mean apparently in Hawaii they extra don't teach you anything when I was in the your elevator interview how to write a resume and Good luck.
1: TAPS class, they just, they don't prepare you for how to, like, manage living in the outside world. And that's what we need more than finding a job. We really need to learn how to manage living in, in the world outside the military.
2: Yeah. I agree. But, I mean, help wrap resume would have been night and day wonders. Because, I mean, it took, I think I had been out two or three years at the time when the vocational rehabilitation through the VA actually paid a lady to look at my resume. And she went through it and she's like, who helped you write this resume? And I said, well, they helped me in the Seps and taps class. And she's like, this is horrible. I mean, they don't teach you how to take in put what your MOS or your job is into civilian terms. I mean, cause
0: no. And they also don't account for like the things that you did that necessarily weren't a part of your MOS. Yep. I mean, those things don't go on your resume normally. Yeah. Unless you know how to word them for that. But even yep. then it all depends on what type of job you're looking for, what your resume needs to look like. and Be tailored to, and they don't tell you that either. We've had several discussions that once you're out, the military doesn't do anything for you. They don't care about you. They don't prepare you to to be a civilian. They put their effort into making you a marine, or making you a sailor, or making you an airman, or making you a seaman with the coast Coast Guard. I had to mention them for a brief moment or a soldier with the army, but they don't help you become a a civilian and a veteran. Their effort goes into creating what they want you to be. And then they're over it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for your time. If you can get that, good luck. Right. They don't provide you with very many resources. They just, I know my top class was basically like, go to the DAB and they'll help you. I'm like, I don't even know what the DAV is. I don't <laughs> I mean, I do now, but like at the time when I was getting out, I didn't. So it wasn't really an appropriate resource for what I needed it to be.
3: Yeah.
1: And then at the
0: time, you know, the VA... I'm starting to slowly come around about the with the VA. I'm still not pro-VA, but... At the time, the VA was worthless. Yeah. And now it's slowly, slowly in certain places, it's getting better.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, But it all depends on where you're at. Yeah.
1: Brandon, how are you doing now?
2: I'm doing a whole lot better now. Uh, it took a while to get there. I mean, I, I got out in 2011 and i was a police officer for two years so up until 2013 and then i was let's see it's 2021
1: 20, Well, you left there for medical reasons
2: i know but i'm trying to do the math i think i was like 25 26 okay. at the time and i started having back problems like my back was hurting and i just assumed it was all the extra weight you're carrying around on the duty belt and it got to the point where we lived in a two-story house and i was on third shift so i had to holler downstairs for her to come help me get out of bed one day she had to take my legs and swing them off the bed and grab my hands and pull me up i couldn't get out of bed and they couldn't figure out what it was at the time i had like a false positive test for rocky mountain spotted fever they took and put the needle in my arm and shocked my nerves to see if there was something wrong with a nerve and I had it in my service record that I had like a rash that came up on my leg one time and they never knew what it was. Well, it came back up and there was a dermatologist out here in town that looked at it and she said, I'm pretty sure that's psoriasis and I'm pretty sure you have psoriatic arthritis. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell either those two things are. So we started doing our research and luckily the Mayo Clinic had done a study, anthrax vaccine that they gave us in 2003 was not FDA approved at the time and it's caused psoriatic and rheumatoid arthritis in like 23 or 26% of veterans and I'm one of the ones that I guess it affected so I have to take shots I've been on four or five different medications but the one I'm on now I have to take one shot in each leg the same day every month and it stops the so the arthritis from getting anywhere i'll never be like i'm 36 got the back of probably a 53 year old but the va looks at my x-rays and they're like what in the hell but there's nothing you can do about it now but that prevented me from being able to really get a job i mean Mm -hmm. I, i bounced around after and I left the police department on my own terms. You know, I didn't want anybody to get hurt because I couldn't get out of the car fast enough or something like that. So when I was diagnosed, I resigned. But I didn't want to be the cause that somebody got hurt. And it kind of hurt us for a while, you know. I bounced around from job to job until she looked at me one day and she was like, well, you've always been able to draw and make things. So why don't you do woodworking or something? I said, okay. And this was in 2018 and I started making signs and cutting boards for people. And then someone come up and asked for a wooden American flag and it just, it's grown every year from there. Each year, the last couple of years we've, the first, so 2019, we doubled what we made in 2018 And then last year, we tripled what we made in 2019. So that's awesome. I'm not going to complain. And we try to give back as much as we can. I've done a lot of work with Mission 22, where I donate flags to their ambassadors and they raffle them off. We're partners with the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. So I, I have permission to use their logo. And I actually have four different style flags for Chris Kyle, and when we sell them, they get 20% of each flag that we donate back to them. So we do, we try to help out and give back wherever we can to help veterans. Cause I mean, I know it's, I know it's hard. And one we picked this year, we, I, I don't have one in here. We've got challenge coins with our deep south logo on the front and on the back, it's a, he's gonna look for one, but it's a, it looks like a Vietnam era veteran, and it has the flag that, the flag colors that come down in, but it says, uh, "never stand." we never stand alone. And we're selling those and all of the proceeds from it, we're not taking a single dime. We bought a hundred of them and we sell them and all the proceeds were going to Battle Brothers Foundation out in California. They help with PTSD, they help veterans with their VA claims they do they do it all so I mean we we try to give back as much as we can because we know it it's hard they don't tell you what you they don't prepare you at all for civilian life so
0: that's awesome not only not only um being able to be successful with your own company now and figuring out what y'all could do to make it as as a veteran as a broke veteran that didn't even know what was going on for so long, but also having the ability to support yourself and give back to to your fellow veterans. Cute. That's yeah. a huge thing. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah. That, we try to, like a couple of weeks ago for the VRV happy hour, I did a, a presentation on Etsy where I pretty much told everybody what took me two years to, to figure out. I t- tried to t- pass it on so they know what not to do, what to do. I mean, we've had multiple, there's a running joke with the VRV. When veterans get out, they do one of five things. You become a woodworker, a coffee maker, sell alcohol, beer. t-shirts, or you do some form of beard stuff. You, it's. But woodworkers is by and far the largest community. Everybody you talk to are like, yeah, I was in the, I was in the military. I'm a woodworker now. All right. But it's something that people can learn. I mean, it's not hard to, I mean, it is kind of hard to do. Yeah. But and each style's different. Each style's different. But we've had multiple ones that they'll contact me and they'll go, hey, how did you do that? And I tell them, I mean, I don't, I don't see them. It's not
0: competition.
2: Yeah, they're a competitor, but I don't see them as that. I mean, there's people out there for us all to be able to succeed.
0: Right. Correct. I think it's one of those things where you have to how you advertise what your items is as a special thing because that's going to be the first thing that people see when they're scrolling through and if they don't like what you see, maybe that's not all you have to offer, but once they're turned off by one thing, they're not gonna come check out your shop. I yes. mean, and and that's the honest I've scrolled. I like Etsy. But to be able to share things and yes, they're competitors, but understanding that it's deeper than that, that they're that we're we're all a family. There's not a lot of us. And to be able to help guide or show or just give them something to maybe help themselves. Because, like you said, everyone's style is a little bit different. So, yep. it, in a way, it is competition, but at the same time, it's not. Because yep. it's all going to come down to the buyer's preference of what style they like. It doesn't matter really what you do versus someone else. It's all about who's buying your shit. I agree. Sorry.
2: One other thing, I don't know if you You guys know Justin from the VRV. One thing I can tell any veteran that listens to this, if you've even thought about starting your own business, go on social media, find Veteran Referring Veterans and look them up. I mean, you can can see there's hundreds of businesses, but there's a core seven or eight of us that are really, really active. And we have meetings every Thursdays and there's nobody in that group we don't keep secrets from each other. I mean, if I learn something, we've got guys that know how to design websites that teach us stuff. There's, we actually had a guy from Amazon that came on one night for the happy hour, and he got he got lit up. But he came <laughs> on, and he, he Amazon was pretty much wanting to use veteran businesses to get more business for them because they don't they don't care about us. There's. Plenty of us that have tried to sell on there, and we've seen, hey, they, they don't, they don't care about you.
0: Right, you're just little to them and nothing. They're the uh, multi-billion-dollar corporation.
1: Well, it's insane what Amazon has created.
0: I'm not gonna lie though; I thoroughly enjoy being able to go on Amazon to get things instead of having to go somewhere. <laughs> not even gonna lie i appreciate amazon amazon if you're listening i appreciate you
1: (laughs) it is a really good goal especially as business owners for us to try to shop more local and shop more veteran-owned community correct it's not something that a lot of us are going to be able to achieve overnight but like if we're looking for gifts maybe we can contact one of the veteran organizations through vrv and support a veteran instead of supporting a bigger industry
2: yes, yes. that's what we did this past year for Christmas. we uh we went through and anybody that needed gifts we, we found fellow vrv members and bought gifts through them I mean, we buy our coffee from a VRV member, Mead. I mean, just about anything you want. There's there's a veteran business you could support that they're going to see your contribution and your support more than somebody from whoever owns Walmart or right. Amazon or any of those. It's going to have a bitter, bigger impact on them than it will a large corporation. So, we try to do it as much as we can.
0: Especially with last year and COVID and everything, being able to shop online from small businesses is huge, yeah. huge. Oh, Especially yeah. the ones that had storefronts that were shut down and they couldn't open up. And they, if they didn't have something set up online before that happened the damage that did to their business. So I know Amanda and myself, we do support small businesses in general and knowing that their veteran owned and operated businesses make it that that much easier to make a choice when it comes to Amazon or Kohl's or Walmart versus even, even the cost a little bit more, but you know where it's going. You know who it's helping because, I mean, we, whether we know each other or not, the veteran community is all family. So. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Very true. So, Brandon, do you have any advice now that you've kind of found your way and your purpose? Do you have any advice for your fellow veterans, either those that are getting ready to become veterans or those that have been a veteran for some time and are still a little lost and trying to find their way?
2: Uh, what advice would that be? Mm. You're getting ready to become a veteran. Make sure you make a copy of your whole medical records. Mm-hmm. That's probably the greatest advice anybody can give you. I didn't believe it when I got out of my first four years, I was out of the Marine Corps for nine months and went back in and they had lost my whole medical record. Could not mm-hmm. find it. Luckily I would made a copy. For fellow veterans that have been out and struggling, I mean, if you've even thought of trying to start your own side hustle, business, whatever you want to call it, it can be done. I mean, I know it's it can be very intimidating and a lot of people think it can't be done, but it, it can. I mean, and there's so many different resources out there. Like the VRV for one is I struggled for a long time looking for like that family camaraderie that you have in the military. I missed it and didn't have it. And finding the VR what kind of, we, luckily we don't right when they were a baby. I mean, they were just, Justin was just getting started and we've, we've been able to watch it grow and kind of get big, but it's a giant family. I mean, like we said, multiple times on this podcast, everybody in there has something that they can pass on to you and help you out. And nobody is going to turn you away. If you have questions about running your own company, or if you need help with something or anything like that. So I mean, if if you're thinking of of starting your own company, you never know unless you try. I mean, it took me a while to, to fully commit want to jump into it because I mean I was it's terrifying you know you don't you're you're so used to being in the military you've got somebody that knows you where to be when to be what to wear what you're going to eat today to going from that to making your own decisions and going well you know if I make this decision what if it fails you know right it, it's it can be daunting but it can be done I mean it And I mean that 100%, it's not like I was some guy that somebody gave me a whole bunch of money and said, here, start your company. It it didn't go that way. I started from scratch, every piece of machinery or tools that I have, I saved money until I could purchase them and bought them. So I mean, I've I've taken it, but one thing I will say is, it's not gonna be instant success overnight. You're not gonna start a company and you're not gonna see money flowing in immediately. They say most small businesses, it takes three to five years to see a return on your investment. And I will 100% agree with that. Because for the first two or three years, anything we made, we turned around and pumped it right back into the business to, to keep trying to grow. And we're just now to the point where We can kind of see, hey, this is making a little bit of money. This is helping out here or there, you know, but it can be done. You just have to be patient. You're not going to, it's not going to be fly by night, make a million dollars, and you're done. It's, It's hard work, but veterans are built for that. I mean, the military built us for adversity. Whether you served in the Coast Guard or Air Force, National Guard, whatever, you were built for adversity. So you can do it.
0: That's great advice. And, and what Justin is doing with VRV is awesome. Um, I, I have had the opportunity to talk to him. He was a guest on our Veterans Drinking Vodka Article 15 podcast. And so hopefully one day we can combine the VDV and the VRV communities so that we're all hooked up together and just make make the close families because like Justin is doing with VRV uh Amanda and I are doing the same thing with Veterans Drinking Vodka where we have our hangouts on Sundays and creating a group of people who can call on each other no matter what uh depend on each other Listen to each other and know that we're here for each other. And as veterans, that's something that's so special and unique because you don't ever have to know these people in person, being able to be on Zoom with them or having their phone number or their email or their snap or even on TikTok, little things like that, that allows you to connect with them and having the veteran status is enough sometimes because no matter what, like you said, no matter what branch you were in though, you still get it. Whether you deployed or not, you still get it. We still were built up in the military to be a specific way. I mean, anybody in any branch of the service is gonna know what 15 minutes prior to 15 minutes means.
1: Yep.
0: everyone, no matter what branch of military you're in, knows you're not allowed to walk on grass or with your hands in your pocket. And when colors is playing in the morning, you better be stopping and facing the flag. Yep. So there, there's certain commonalities. Yes, we're we're all different branches. Yes, we all give each other shit. But at the end of the day, we're all still veterans and still have that sense of pride for ourselves and our country and each other instilled in us. So one day, one day we could put the VRV and the VDV together and I don't know what we'd call it, but it'd be cool as shit. I have to get get back with Justin and see what he says about figuring something out so we can all do that together.
1: Yeah, because networking is definitely one of the most important parts of being successful as a veteran. Yes. Absolutely. So, Brandon, on that note, if our listeners were interested in finding you, if they were interested in a piece of your creations from Deep South Creations, or if they just wanted to talk to you on a veteran-to-veteran level, whether they have questions or just someone to talk to, where can they find you?
2: From Facebook, Deep South Creations. You'll see the dog and the logo. We have a very distinct logo and people love it. It's got a lab in it with a rocking chair behind it. You can't miss it. A lot. We've had multiple people to just buy our hats because it has a lab in it and they love the logo. So we're on Facebook, on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Snapchat. <laughs> just about anywhere you could think we're on. We have a website, Deep South Creations sc so there's two s's dot com um email is deep south creations sc at gmail.com um yeah i mean you can send us messages on any of the platforms and what we have we're on Etsy as well deep south you just look up deep south creations we're the first one that pops up we're the the top shop i guess with anything deep south in it which it took a while to get there, but we're there now, but we're Isn't not that limiting. Awesome.
0: An awesome feeling though. Like if someone, uh, I know that the first time my kid was trying to look up the podcast and he was on Google and typed in veterans DR and veterans drinking vodka popped up on Google, and I was like, I called Amanda, I was like, Amanda, we're on Google. <laughs> if you type in veterans DR, veterans drinking vodka podcast comes up on Google. Yep. In, in in such a internet-based world, not even based time frame in our lives or in our country, but across the whole world. If you pop up on Google and you're one of the first things, yay. It's an awesome feeling.
1: That is an awesome feeling.
0: I know Amanda will put all of your contact information though in the show notes. Yes.
1: I will put all of your contact information in the show notes. So if you would like to contact Brandon at deep South creations, then give him a shout out. Or if you would like to purchase one of his awesome creations, then contact him as well. And he'll, he'll help you out with that. Brandon. Congratulations on your success with your business. We're very proud of you.
3: Scale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated search firm serving aerospace tech and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring that their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families.
1: Amber, do you
0: want to talk a little bit about the charity that we've chosen to support this episode? Sure, Amanda. On top of our continued support of the Tilvahala Project, we have also chosen to support the Fallen Outdoors, which is a veteran-organized, veteran-owned, veteran-operated organization that takes veterans. See how many times I can say veterans in a sentence. But they, they take veterans hunting and fishing. They are across the entire country. You can go on to their website, thefallenoutdoors.com, and type in your information, and you can get hooked up with a veteran that will take you on an outdoor adventure. The only thing they require is that you have an honorable discharge from the military with a DD214. You don't have to be a combat vet, you don't have to be Anything other than DD214. So, that's why we love them and support them. And, of course, Amy up in Washington is the shit. Shout, Shout out, out, to Amy! Amy. Um, and in order for Amanda and I to support Silver Hollow Project and the Fallen Outdoors, we have merchandise that you can purchase from our link that Amanda will put in the show notes as well. There are T-shirts, long sleeve shirts, tank tops, hoodies, masks, coffee cups, or sale on there. And we also have stickers and koozies. And if you want one of those, you need to reach out to Amanda or myself directly. And how can they do that, Amanda?
1: If you would like to contact Amber or myself either to purchase uh, stickers or koozies, or if you would just like to reach us for any reason at all, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and is that
0: all of them that's all of them at
1: veterans drinking vodka if you would like to email us we can be found at veterans at gmail.com
0: like amanda said please reach out if you would like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast you can send us an email or a direct message on any of the social media platforms that amanda listed
1: If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or anywhere you choose to listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Your feedback is important to us, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. We are here for you, and we want to be the best that we can be. If you happen to be interested in our uncut video versions of our podcast, Those can be found on our YouTube channel at
0: Veterans Drinking Podcast. Yes, like Amanda mentioned, YouTube has our uncut podcast interviews. So if you want to see our behind the scenes and go beyond what you're hearing when you're listening to the show, check us out on YouTube. And you can also join us every Sunday for Veterans After Hours via Zoom. We start that at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time.
1: We are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. We do have to put the disclaimer out there that it is a live networking event for veterans. We do invite everyone, civilian, veteran, or active duty, but we do not censor it. We let the conversation flow as it will, and we are never sure what the topic of conversation is going to be.
0: No. What do we like to call it, Amanda? Shit show. Shit show. (laughs) Yes. But it is something that a lot of us look forward to every Sunday. And it's one of those things that you can come in when it starts and stay the whole time. You can come in after it starts and stay for a little while. It's completely up to you and how you're feeling at that time and on that day. Um, but why Amanda and I started this podcast was not only to reach other veterans and to share their stories, but to also bring about mental health awareness and the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day. And 22 is 22 too many.
1: One is too many.
0: And you are never alone.
1: Veterans Drink and Vodka.
0: Cheers.